Proverbs, the fourth chapter, Proverbs chapter 4. This has been um, our golden text over the last uh, few weeks. And um, my, my intention this morning is just to springboard off of this. Uh, but also, uh, we want to look at this because we want to connect it. Uh, what, what was revealed to us, what the Holy Spirit teaches to us in Proverbs 4, we want to connect it with um, what Jesus said was the most important parable that um, He ever gave to us. And He gave a lot of parables to us, but um, He said the master key parable was the parable of the sower, um, where the Word of God is planted in men's and women's hearts. And so, um, anyway, but let's begin here with a little bit of review, and then we'll build up to what we're going to be uh, looking at this morning. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 20. Uh, my son, give attention. Praise God. For some reason, it's not working here. Let's see if this will work. Hallelujah. All right. Here we go. All right. Amen. All right. Let's try one more time. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So we've talked a great deal from these verses over the last few weeks. I don't want to try to dig back into all of that again this morning, but just notice there are some very specific instructions that are given to us uh, pertaining to our attention uh, given to the words that Father God has provided for us, inclining our ear to what He has to say, keeping them in front of our eyes. The ear gate, the eye gate is how we keep them in, our, in the midst of our heart because um, His words are like medicine, life to our flesh, and like medicine. That word health literally means medicine to all your flesh. Uh, and then verse 23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 9. As you're turning there, I, I just want to, again, by way of review, remind you that Jesus told us in John chapter 14, verse 1, do not let your heart be troubled. And, and so he's giving us some very specific instructions that are, you know, these things are, are your responsibility. They're, they're my responsibility. Um, the Holy Spirit will certainly help us. Uh, the Word of God will certainly help us. But you are the gatekeeper of your own heart. And, and you determine uh, what you allow in and what you keep out. And so when Jesus said, do not allow your heart to be troubled, do not allow it to be agitated. We said that the heart's uh, default position is settled. And it's the enemy who's trying to, to unsettle you. He's trying to trouble you. Just like if you would you know, take a, a, a bowl of water and shake it and stir it and trouble it. Um, if, you let that, if you let that water return back to its natural state, it will, it will become settled unless something from the outside agitates it. And so when Jesus says, Don't, do not allow your heart to be troubled. Do not allow it to be agitated, right? Again, it's just another version of what he's saying in Proverbs chapter 4. Now, let's build on this this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. We, we find an amazing verse here 
an amazing verse here that if you're not careful, it, it's, it's easy to, to miss. It's easy to, to, to read over in, in your reading of the book of 1 Corinthians. So let's slow down for a moment and consider what he's saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says this, For we are God's fellow workers. Amen. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. F-I-E-L-D. Field. You are God's building. So one more time, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. Now the context of this, of course, is Paul is talking about himself here, and he's talking about others who, who were laboring among the believers there in the church at Corinth. And so he was basically saying, look, we're workers, um, but you are God's field, and you are God's building. So he was using two common uh, uh, areas of labor in their day. Um, obviously, you know, in their day and our day, we have uh, men and women who work in, uh, in farming. And of course, in their day and our day, we have men and women who work in construction. And so Paul is saying, look, we're, we're God's workers. We're co-laborers together with him. But you are God's field um, and you are God's building. So in other words, Paul in other places referred to himself, Peter also referred to himself as a builder who was helping to build the body of Christ. And then here he is uh, implying that if, if we are God's field, then he is a farmer helping to work that field. All right? Now, a field here, not that it may need definition, but let's define it uh, just for clarity. A field here is speaking of a piece of land ready for planting. A piece of land ready for planting. The Amplified Bible translates you are God's field this way. You are God's garden. You are God's garden. Alright? So let's just, again, slow down here for a moment because you may have thought of yourself in a lot of different ways and see, you maybe have, you know, see yourself in a, in a lot of different lights, different lights. Um, this morning, I want you to think of yourself as a garden. You are a garden. He didn't say you're like a garden. He didn't say you're like a field. He said you are a garden or you are a field. You are what? A piece of land ready for planting. Most specifically, you are God's piece of land ready for planting. He created us, did he not? He created us, so we belong to Him by virtue of Him creating us. Amen? And so you are God's piece of land ready for planting. I think it's very important that <clears throat> we understand this truth about our existence. Dr. Miles Monroe says that man's greatest ignorance is of himself. And, and there's so many important things about our own existence that we do not understand. And here, again, Father... In His wisdom and in, and in His mercy and grace, He's revealing a characteristic about us, uh, to us, about you, to you, that we most desperately need to understand. And that is, you are God's piece of land ready for planting. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm God's garden. I'll come a little more enthusiastically. I'm God's garden. Amen. I, I am His field. I am His piece of land ready for for planting. Amen. I don't know, I, I, I have helped in gardening over the years. 
how could we even mention this without giving a shout out uh, to our uh, wonderful uh, brother Canada, uh, brother Ed Canada. For those of you who are new to Heritage, the, the Heritage Produce Isle is what I love to call it. Amen, out there. Uh, the tomatoes, the squash, I know there's other things out there. Uh, brother Ed, um, you're not supposed to tell how old a lady is, but let's just say he is beyond 90 years old, and he grows every bit of that and brings that to bless us. Give him a hand. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Ed. And, uh, and he'll get me for even mentioning that. He'd rather slip in here and nobody even know where it comes from. That's just the kind of heart and attitude that our brother has. And we thank you for your blessing that you are to us, uh, Brother Ed, one of my heroes uh, in life. Praise God. Um, so I, I have helped my dad and my grandfathers with their gardens. I've never, you know, specifically had one of my own. I guess the closest thing I have to a garden is my lawn. Amen. And, and I like to try to keep my lawn nice and, 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 and these sorts of things. Um, and so, uh, you know, to see yourself as a piece of land ready for planting. Amen. To understand the significance of this revelation and, and to understand that we were created by God, what? To be fruitful. It's one of the first things that we see Father God spoke to us when He created us in Genesis, right? That we were created by God to be fruitful. And what we need to understand as well is that seeds planted in your heart will produce fruit in your life. Seeds produced in your heart uh, seeds planted, rather, in your heart will produce fruit in your life. Good seeds will produce good fruit, and bad seeds will produce bad fruit. This is what he's saying when he says that you are God's piece of land ready for planting. Now, have you ever been like maybe on a drive, or, or, and, and you've, you've, when someone has plowed up uh, a, a, a field and, and have, have dressed it, and, and how beautiful it looks, uh, just the, the soil uh, and, and, and the evenness of it. Uh, maybe it has already been planted and nothing's come up yet, or maybe it's, it's ready for planting. It's, it's, it's just primed uh, for something to be planted there, all right? So that's how I want you to, to, to imagine, to picture uh, yourself uh, this morning as, as that piece of ground that is, that is ready and, and, and prepared and, and just sitting there uh, waiting for uh, seeds to be planted in it. Now, just like physical soil, your heart will try to grow and bring fruit into your life from everything you allow into it. This is, again, extremely important for us to understand because this, this truth that you are God's garden, that you are a, a piece of ground prepared for planting, ready for planting, it's so important for us to understand because your heart and life will not just grow good seeds that are planted in it, but your heart will also grow wrong or bad seeds that are planted there as well. We've used this example many times, but you know, if you put a fence post in the earth, the earth will try to break that fence post down and grow it. The, the earth only knows to do one thing with anything that's put in it. Try to break it down and grow it and reproduce after its kind, right? This is why we have to treat uh, uh, wood. Uh, it has to be treated wood or else it won't last very long at all in the soil, all right? So 
when, we, when we're talking about uh, physical soil, your heart, like physical soil, um, it will try to grow and bring fruit into your life from everything that you allow into it. So let's go back now, just for a moment, to Proverbs 4. Do you see why the instructions are, keep the Word of God in front of your eyes, incline your ear, pay attention to what God is saying, keep those things in the midst of your heart. Then he follows it up with, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring forth the issues of life. Anything that you allow into your heart, your heart is going to, to grow and produce fruit from it, right? And, and I wish that we could say, you know, it'll only grow and produce fruit from good seeds and, and, and won't produce fruit from bad seeds, but that is simply not the truth, right? So the key word in this statement, just like physical soil, your heart will try to grow and bring fruit into your life from, key word here is everything, everything that you allow into it. So this means the reality that you are God's piece of land ready for planting is, is something that's either working for you or working against you. And this morning, I really feel like the word of the Lord to us is apply everything you know and understand about physical gardening, everything you understand about physical gardening, take that and apply it to your life. For instance, what are you planting this morning? What are you allowing to be planted in your heart this morning? What do you desire to harvest, grow, and have in your life? Think about it now for just a moment. If, if there are things that we desire to, to have in our lives that are not there yet, ask yourself, are these things that I'm planting in my life? Are these things that I'm planting in my heart? It, it would be like me walking out in my backyard every morning looking for some corn, and I haven't planted corn. There's, there's, there's no corn planted in my backyard, and if, if I haven't planted any corn, I don't have you know, any business expecting corn to be produced in my backyard. Well, the same is true in our hearts. Amen. To, to be deliberate and intentional about what we plant. If there are things that you desire to be in your life, if there are things that you desire to be a reality in your home, if there are things that you desire to have and experience and enjoy in your marriage, on your job, Amen. So the question is, are you planting those things? Are you planting those things? Because again, you are God's field ready for planting. Are we planting those things? Are we, are we watering the things that we've planted? Amen. What are you fertilizing? We fertilize the things that we've planted by confessing, by meditating, by again giving our attention to and then the final thing because we've already established that your heart will bring forth everything that's planted in it what weeds are trying to interfere with the good things that have been planted in your heart in other words, these are questions that any gardener any farmer is going to ask what am I going to plant when am I going to plant it how much of it am I going to plant um, if you want a bunch of corn, you need to plant a bunch of corn. Are you, are you following how this works? So in the same way, we should apply what we understand about gardening all the way down to keeping the weeds out of it um, to our own lives and to our own heart. Your heart will grow and bring forth fruit from truth 
and it will grow and bring forth fruit from lies. The same soil that brings forth wheat, corn, Bermuda, and petunias also brings forth kudzu, poison ivy, johnson grass, and privet. Right? Right? In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus identified the devil as the father of lies. Now, this is important, and I believe Jesus is saying at least two things to us when he says father of lies. Number one, I think he's saying that all lying originated with the devil. God's not a liar, never told a lie, never will. But lying is unfortunately alive and well on planet Earth. Where did lying originate from? It originated from the devil, formerly known as Lucifer. So we see that he's the father of lies in the sense that lying, something other than the truth, originated with him. But I believe Jesus is also saying something else here. When he says he's the father of lies, I believe what he's literally trying to say is that we have to realize Satan is trying to impregnate you and me with the seed of his lies. He's trying to plant lie seeds, lying seeds, right? Seeds that are not the truth in your heart and in your mind or in your field and in my field. So this is why, again, it's our responsibility to guard our hearts, to be the gatekeeper. What we allow in and what we turn away, the Lord will help us do this, but it is our job. Now, we've got a few minutes remaining. Turn with me to Mark, the fourth chapter, and if nothing else, we'll get set up where we're going to jump in next Sunday morning. Amen. Are you getting anything out of this? Praise God. You were God's garden. Amen. You can plant His Word. You say, well, what are the seeds that I need to be planting? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jesus taught us a parable about that, did he not? He's talking about the Word of God and His Word as a seed. Amen. So, Mark chapter 4, um, I'm going to begin at verse 1 here in just a moment, but I want you to remember, just kind of keep as a backdrop, uh, what was revealed to us in Proverbs 4 as we work our way through this parable. Now, the other thing that I want to mention before um, I begin to read these verses is that this parable, the parable of the sower, and that's not needle pulling thread, that's farmer planting seed, okay? Um, not like somebody who sows clothing, but someone who sows or plants seed. This parable is found in Matthew, the 13th chapter, Mark, the 4th chapter, and Luke, the 8th chapter. It is one of those um, you know, either events or miracles or teachings that we find in three of the four Gospels. Not, not every Gospel has every parable. Not every Gospel records every miracle. Uh, these are eyewitness accounts of, of, of these individuals inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at Mark's um, recording by the Holy Spirit of this, um, but we're also going to maybe at some point slip over into what Matthew had to say about it as well. But let's begin Mark chapter 4 and verse number 1. And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. So you got the, the imagery in your mind? Jesus slipped out into a boat. Some people say, why did he do that? Other, you know, we don't really know exactly. Some say, you know, because of the crowd pressing in on him. Um, 
the other thing too, if, if you've ever noticed, your voice carries on the water more better than it does on the land. So I believe Jesus was using it as a natural uh, sound system so that people could hear him uh, better. But anyway, um, then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching. So this was not the only thing Jesus talked about that day, but this is the one that the Holy Spirit chose to be recorded for us, all right? Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, I know that it's probably, again, pretty obvious, but if Jesus says listen, okay, do you see how that is, my son, pay attention to my words? Listen, in other words, listen carefully. Pay attention here. This is really, really important. This is something you need to understand. This is something you've been confused about. This is something no one's ever explained to you. This is something that, that because you don't know it, you're suffering needlessly in your life. There are some things here that you do not understand that your enemy does understand, and it's giving him an advantage. Remember, uh, our ignorance equals an advantage on the devil's part. We can't be ignorant of the devil's devices lest he have an advantage over us. So when Jesus is saying, listen here, he's saying, you know, don't just take this as some little simple story that I'm telling you. This is unraveling a mystery of life. This is, this is revealing or laying out for you something that you need to understand because this is, this is either working for you or against you right now, whether you understand it or not. Right? So listen, exclamation point, behold, behold. That word behold there means to pause and take a long and thoughtful look. To pause and take a long and thoughtful look. In other words, we need to spend some time here. Come on now. We, we, we don't just need to rush through this. This is fundamental. This, this is crucial. This is essential. What other words can we use here? It's, it's extremely, extremely important. So Jesus is saying, listen, behold. Take a long pause and take a long and thoughtful look. A sower went out to sow. Now, we're, I, I dare say every person in this room, maybe not, but I, I would dare say every person in this room is familiar with you know, someone planting seed and from that seed eventually reaping a harvest. Whether or not every person in this room is familiar with it, I guarantee you every person listening to Jesus on that day was not only familiar with it, but had done it. They didn't have the modern conveniences like we have and the, and, and the food and, and things like we had. So these would have been things that, that they would have done personally, if not personally, at least witnessed personally other people doing it. So when Jesus says, listen, behold, I'm sure the folks are like leaning in. You know, I mean, they're almost got their feet in the water now because they're expecting him, you know, the next words that come out of his mouth to be some revelation from heaven that's so awe-inspiring and so profound that, you know, it just bowls them all over. But that is, that is not. He says, listen, behold, right? A man planted some seeds. And everybody kind of went, oh, you know, like, no, they were like, Okay, what's the big deal about that, right? But here he goes taking something eternal and, and teaching it to us by something simple. And here he goes, right? Verse 4. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. 
Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground. Let me get that one up there for you. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a good crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now, I don't think we're going to be able to get much further than this this morning, but let me, if you could, just give me a couple more minutes. Jesus is quoting from an Old Testament prophet. And that Old Testament prophet is talking about a, how do I say this, a universal condition of men's hearts. In other words, this is not just referring to people in Jesus' day, nor was it only referring to people in the prophet's day when this was originally spoken, but it's also referring to people in our day. People who see but they don't understand what they're seeing. They don't perceive. They don't know how to make sense of it. Hearing, they may hear, but again, they don't understand what it is that they're hearing. And if they understood and perceived, then that would cause them to turn and their sins would be forgiven. Now, this is... We, we see, this is a common theme from the Holy Spirit through Paul's writings. In Romans 1, he talks about this uh, shroud that people deliberately, intentionally put over the truth to cover it up. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Everybody talks about these conspiracy theories. There is a very real conspiracy taking place by the powers of darkness against the world. Amen. And, and that, that conspiracy... Uh, it, it circles around, it's, it, it revolves around covering over the truth so that people can't see it. And, and so we see Paul talk to this about this to virtually every church that he wrote a letter to, amen, in, in one form or another. Uh, in, for instance, 2 Corinthians 4, he says, the God of this world has blinded, blinded the eyes of, of, of the world to the truth, Amen. So Jesus came as the light of the world. He came to shine light into the darkness. He came to pull the shroud off the truth. He came to recover sight to the blind. And that doesn't just mean those who are physically blind, but also those who are what spiritually blind as well. Now, in quoting this, it almost... And, and I, I want to clear this up before we end this morning. If you just read this, you know, without any depth of understanding, 
it, it almost sounds like Jesus is, is like glad about it, you know, um, that, you know, he's talking in these parables, seeing they, seeing they may see and not perceive hearing, they may hear unless they should turn their sins be forgiven. So the, there's, a, there's a really, really important point here. And um, the Holy Spirit chose to emphasize this a little bit differently in Matthew's Gospel. So if, if I could for just a moment, let's go to Matthew's Gospel. I'm aware of the time. Just, Amen, are you okay? Amen, we're not having service tonight, so give you a few more minutes this evening. All right. I, I want you to get, I want you, let me tell you why. Because it, it ties in, first of all, with a field ready for planting. A field ready for planting, all right? And, and the importance of that. So Matthew 13, verse 11, he answered and said, so this is, this is Matthew's version, the gospel of Matthew's version of what we just read in Mark's version. Then he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, anybody remember this verse? For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Now, let's go back. Remember what he said in Proverbs. Keep it in front of your eyes. Incline your ear. Right? Do not let it depart from your eyes and incline your ear. Listen to what God is saying. Make it a priority. Hear Him above all other voices. There's many voices. There's, let me say it another way. There are many different sowers trying to plant things in your field ready for planting. There are many different seeds that, are, that, that the enemy is trying many different ways to get into your heart. Do you realize that, that weeds will grow in the cracks of a sidewalk? Weeds will grow literally anywhere. They tend to dominate unprepared soil. Right? I have struggled with this, and I, listen, I, just hear me please. I'm not trying to be funny, I'm not trying to be graphic, I'm not trying to be gross. But two of the main ways that weeds contaminate, number one, the wind blows them in. And the Bible talks about every wind of doctrine. Anybody know the, the, the second way? Birds poop them. Birds fly over and, and just airmail them, right? Just drop them, just right there. Amen. Right? The father of lies. He's trying to poop his lies. Come on now. I mean, I, you know. He's trying to plant his seeds any way he can into the fertile soil of your heart, all right? So this is the message version of this. See if this will help you. He replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Verse 12, are you ready? Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, 
Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. Jesus said, that's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it, listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast to be repeated. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again. Your ears are open, but you do not hear a thing. Your eyes are awake, but you do not see a thing. He says, the people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look. So they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. Puts a whole different perspective on it, doesn't it? Amen. Singers, musicians, come on, please. Praise God. Let's stand together. Amen. Thank you for giving me a few extra minutes there to get that out there to you. So he's saying then that the difference between the haves and the have-nots, remember the New King James Version says, whoever has, to that one more will be given. Anybody want more than what you got right now as far as good things are concerned, right? So he's saying, whoever has this, to that person, even more will be given to him or her. That's how farming works, does it not? One kernel of corn produces a stalk with ears full of corn on it. To him who has, even more will be given. But to him who has not, even what he has will be taken from him. Even what he has will be taken from him. What is it that's so important for us to have? A ready heart. A ready heart. A heart that's ready to receive the incorruptible seed of God's Word. Amen? And it will produce in our lives 30 times, 60 times correction. 30-fold is more than 30 times, more than multiplication. It's exponential. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold return in your life. I like to say it this way. 30, 60, 100-fold better in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together this morning. Thank you for these beautiful men and women. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. And Father, when I look at this crowd, I, I, I see nice-looking folks and nice clothing. Lord, I... I see people who, uh, you know, made a run at it to, to get themselves presentable, to come to church, Lord, clean themselves up, brush their hair, uh, Lord, came and, and uh, got a smile on their face and, and all this. But Lord, when you look at us, uh, you see a field, <clears throat> you, you see a garden, you, you see, you see uh, land, uh, dirt, soil ready for planting. And you know, Father, what we need to know, and that is if, we can, if you can just get your word planted in our hearts, it's going to make things better. It's going to produce results. It's going gonna, it's gonna to produce improvement. It's going to bring peace and joy and, and even tangible, tangible things into our lives, Father, that, that we so desperately need. So, Father, I thank you for, for helping us focus on these things and for helping us to begin to consider what it is that we're allowing to be planted in our field ready for planting. Father, that, that we would uh, reject the things that bring forth thorns and that we would, Lord, focus in on and receive those things that produce the peaceable fruit of righteousness, Lord, unto life eternal. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to sing together before we're dismissed. and. Just spend another moment loving on our Heavenly Father. And as always, these altars are open. If you would 
like for us to pray with you or agree with you about something, we'll do that. But um, let's just take another couple of minutes and, and, uh, and worship Him one last time, and then we'll be dismissed. Praise God.